Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news on the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... Alright, so as you're leaving, you get a text from Tranche where to go pick up the uh, materials. She also says, the sunglasses were a weird one, but I think I got what you were going for, and... I think I have a solution to that one that'll work. Maybe don't drive with them on, but you could have someone doing look at with them, and I think they'll kind of accomplish what you were going for the reflection. Sweet, thanks. You guys go get it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. The address you get given is it's up in the mountains. It's an abandoned shack. It looks like it may have at one point been either someone's home or a moonshining facility. It's seen better days it's kind of caved on itself some the gear is in a plastic kind of uh, one of those uh rubber made containers underneath the house kind of in a crawl space below the house getting it out it's easy enough it's worth what you asked for she didn't give you new guns because you already have the smgs with the under kind of slung shotgun thing on them gave some grenades got you some incendiary stuff she did manage to kind of get you appear to be c4 but on a timer as supposed to a have trigger system of some kind almost looks like an egg timer attached to the front of it I have six bricks of that in this box. And the weirdest one she has, her thoughtful solution to your kind of sunglasses topic is two glasses that when you put them on, they swap your left from your right. Basically, they mirror the world around you. So what you're seeing on your left is what you're seeing out of your right eye. What you're seeing on your right eye is now seeing out of your left eye. Ah, oh, I haven't seen one of these since I was a kid. You can buy these over at the old magic shop where I grew up at. That's oh. kind of funny. A couple bricks of plastics. Good old funhouse mirror glasses. What'd y'all get again? More incendiary stuff. I realize we have a lot of stuff that is just a little dangerous to kind of carry around. We're going to probably be a little bit more careful with this. Probably should drink a little less around these materials. Probably. Not a bad call. Okay. Okay. I can do that. So I also got the laptop that Florence requested. Florence just managed to pull together more or less everything you asked for. Maybe not in the exact form you'd have preferred it, but it's kind of spirit of the request, not necessarily the exact request because of availability. That's kind of kind of more or less chew up today for you, if you will. It's time to go to Orbita tomorrow. Is the night of the last night? Tomorrow to Orbita, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think so. Tomorrow to Orbita. All right. Either of you have knives, combat knives? Uh, yeah, I've got mine on me. Let me see those tonight. I'm going to see if I can put that sign on them. I don't know if I will be able to, but I'll try. I go ahead and uh, hand Florence my knife. I uh, hand Florence my knife as well. I'll get to work on these when we get back to the hotel. Florence, you kind of managed to engrave or paint or kind of, maybe you're using Sharpie to put it on there. You managed to kind of get the Elder sign on there. Whether it works or not, we'll find out, I suppose. Yeah, underneath it, the, the sign, she's also just going to carve F-cell. Sure. And then pass them back to them. Makes sense. What are people doing with what might be their last night on Earth? I am responsibly functionally drunk. Okay. Not like to the point where it was earlier when I was angry at Florence, where it was like, I'm going to vomit in the middle of City Hall. But this is like good old Agent Firestarter is a functional drunk. He's at that buzz level. Yes. Yes. I'm going to imagine this motel room has like the tiniest desk possible. Yep. And I'm just writing a letter. Who's letter to? Letters to my daughter i have a couple drafts that are crumpled up and kind of scratched out i'm going through a lot of the uh complimentary stationery 
and I may or may not be moving on to the Gideon Bible that is in the one of these drawers because I know it has a couple blank pages in it, I believe. Sure. But I'm trying to knock this out, like deep in thought. What are you writing out of curiosity? What are you writing in this letter to your daughter? Are you kind of apologizing for things? You kind of maybe letting some secrets slip you shouldn't? Like, well, what is this letter? This letter that I'm writing to my daughter, the gist of it is an explanation of myself. Not to the point where I'm going to be explicit about Delta Green, because the last thing I want to do is rope her into this life. Sure. But just kind of telling her that I had a another life, more so than what I was leading on. Because the way that I had had, had candidate it is that my teenage daughter and I stopped talking because the only way that I could explain my new drug addictions as well as my absence from home life everything else like that and missing out on her or on my custody uh days with her and stuff like that is that I was working as a escort and she was not happy about that or whatever the heck have you and that just absolutely severed the uh relationship we had but just kind of explaining to her what's happened since we last spoke just kind of my hopes in what she will think about in terms of remembering me an apology probably where it's like you know what you can accept this you can't but i at least wanted to make this connection and everything else like that and then the information that she's going to need in terms of accessing the savings account that i still have set up for her sure florence what are you doing with your possible last night on earth florence is also writing a letter but instead of doing multiple drafts, she gets it in the, the first go. But she writes it twice. Sure. And she gives each one to Firestarter and one to John and says, don't read it. But um, if, you know, I don't come back, I just want you to deliver this or send it. It's a letter to what address is on the inside. Yeah, that's the... But yeah, don't don't read it unless... You know, I don't come back, okay? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And other than that, Florence is just going to go out to the car. She's going to get her little, like, makeshift lab and just spend a few hours going through old slides of her work and reminiscing on how much she just misses her old job. She spends a few hours just looking through a microscope at a slide of her own blood and just writing notes about it as if she was examining something for work. Good old-fashioned, normal, grounded science, if you will. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Makes a lot of sense. Last but not least, Agent Foxtrot, the man with no non-Delta Green Bonds left, the man that couldn't keep a dog even. Also, arguably the man who has the most experience with this mindset in a weird way, like, not saying you're going to be used to this necessarily, but you've definitely been here in some shape or form before because of your CIA background, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. You have like the last night ritual, if you will, of some kind. Like, is there something that you do or is it just another evening that tomorrow comes after? I do, actually. So oh. what time of day is it, actually? I'm being loose with time right now. You can kind of have up to five, six hours. So you kind of need to do as part of this. I'm assuming that. You guys are kind of spending some time going about these activities you're doing, kind of putting your real effort into it. What are you trying to do? I would like to actually look up a nice little, like, cafe that serves tea, perhaps. Sure. Very doable. Very doable. Yeah, you you find some not-quite-hippie, kind of got a new-age vibe to it. Tea house. Financially, it's probably not doing so great. It's very specialized into needlessly high-quality tea type of thing. Person behind the counter will happily tell you, like, down to roughly the square mile in country of origin where the tea came from, type of situation. They are very into tea at the Brood Life Cafe. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to order a very nice, well recommended cup of tea from the barista. So I'm going to ask them for the recommendation. And I'm going to sit at a table near a window. If I'm guessing this is like an indoor-outdoor cafe? Yeah. Okay. Are there outdoor tables? There are. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and grab some tea, sit down at a table, and just people watch for a while. 
Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Interact with humans as you choose to interact with humans, as you yeah. seem to prefer to, I guess. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. That being said, I do have a little bit of stationery on me. And right. it's not exactly not like a full letter, but I'm gonna write two well, I'm gonna write three letters. One to my work, one to Florence, and one to Fire Charter. Sure. And it's simply gonna say it's been an honor, and then my initials on the bottom. Sure. And that's it. Yeah. And then I just people watch and keep watching for the rest of the day until it's yeah. time to gather up. Yeah. So next morning rolls around. It's a tense evening, I assume, for everyone. You probably all take something from Lawrence's secret stash to help you sleep a little bit. Any kind of last minute things you do that morning before you head out? Yes, actually. I'm going to rummage through my old kind of materials and other kinds of stuff and whatnot. Actually, real quick, before I dive into this little flavor text, by any chance during this, the changeover, we didn't like lose every single one of our possessions that we had, no. correct? No, no. Okay. So as Firestarter just kind of waking up groggy as he is, he's going to dig through some of his older possessions, just something that he kind of kept hidden away in his like little stash or memories or whatever the hell have you. He's got a little bag of the herbs that he picked up from Savannah, Georgia. Sure. He's going to roll one of the herbal cigarettes that he kind of made way, way back with his first mission with these two. He's going to step outside and just kind of have a little smoke of that while the sun is rising. Sure. Anything else for anyone else? For my character, I would have actually woken up and started getting ready just before, like, dawn breaks. Sure. I would have stuck the letters to Firestarter and Florence into their gear, and I would have kept one envelope on me addressed to a mailing address for, I guess, one of my, I guess for, like, a boss or something at my work site. Sure. And it would just be addressed with initials on top, you know, condo address and all that jazz. And yeah, that's it. It's very plain as possible. But yeah, I am going to manage to sneak the two letters onto Florence and Firestarter before they wake up. Sure. Or at least their gear, not on them. Yeah. That would be creepy. That makes sense, yeah. When Florence gets up in the morning, she is going to make sure that there's all the information that Tranche would need in case we fail is on the table. And... Instead of putting on her typical jacket and gloves this morning, she just folds it up and sets it on the table next to the report before she starts putting her gear together. Your rock. What do you do with it? I think once she's getting her gear together, that's probably when she, the rock kind of comes into her purview again. And she'll pick it up and she'll hold it in front of her. She'll stay silent for a good 30 seconds before saying, do you want to come with us, or do you want to stay? I mean, it's a rock. I can't really answer. I know, but she's gotten responses in various ways out of it. Does she feel any inclination, any particular way? You mean alertness? 50 out of 66 success. The rock wants you to do what you want to do. She sets the rock on top of her jacket and says, if I don't come back, behave. Makes a lot of sense. All right, so F-Cell heads out to try and track down Orbita. It's easy enough to find. It turns out research activity of is done is quite extensive. When you get close to where it should be, you do kind of experience that you can't find the road thing he was talking about. How do you handle this? I'm assuming you kind of get to where exactly it should be and like maybe pull off the road or something, and it's just not there as best you can tell. On the way there, if Firestarter wants to make that phone call that we each have, Lawrence will drive for the time being. Sure. Do you want to make a phone call, Firestarter? Shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me let me just kind of make this phone call. Um, here. Uh, if we get start getting close to where we need to be, here are these uh glasses. They're a little disorienting, but otherwise you can kind of at least check. You'll be able to see some shit. Here, we'll we'll pull off for a minute. Give you the time you need. Don't want to rush it. Cool. I make a phone call to my station chief. All right. Hey, picks up. Uh, hello? Hey, hey, Um, it's David. David, we haven't heard from you in quite a bit of time. Uh, we we're starting to get worried. Yeah. How's that strange task force thing you got roped off onto? Yeah, that thing. Um, I'm in rehab. I've been in rehab. Have a long, awkward pause. Yeah, that 
God damn it. I owe Sanchez 50 bucks now. I'm not going to lie to you. We had a bit of a betting pool on where you actually were. Come on, you're a firefighter. Who gets dragged into a government task force as a firefighter? You know, um, like, I really, really wanted to have that fireman's dare program and whatnot. But you know what? I ended up, uh, you know, taking too much of a sample of all the sample drugs that we had. That's neither here nor there. Listen, so something's kind of happened. And my outlook's not looking the best. I'm going to be going under some experimental things. And there, it comes with some risks. Is this one of these extreme detox type situations I've heard about on TV? They like sedate you for several days and you wake up hypothetically through all the withdrawal symptoms? It's something like that. It's something like that. I have a letter and I just need you to do me a favor that um, it's already on its way to you. Can you can you give it to Stevie if I can't deliver it myself? Yeah, sure. Um, it's kind of awkward on the chief's end at this point. Uh, well, yes, I, I can do that. Um, hopefully this all works out for the best. Uh, I'm also kind of shocked that uh, rehab is potentially deadly, but yeah, this doesn't totally surprise me, I suppose. Yeah, shit's rough, man. Uh, don't do drugs and uh, stay in school. Fuck. Yes, in, indeed. Um, is that all, Fireman? That's all, sir. Very good. Uh, feel better, I suppose. I'm not quite sure what one says in this case. Uh, get clean? Doesn't feel right at all. If anything, I always try to keep your encouraging words whenever we're about to go out in the line of duty. Try not to die, yes, stupid asshole. I will try. I chuckles at this. Well put. All right. Take care of yourself. Goodbye. All right. Hangs up. All right. Who's uh, Who's next? I've got to go cry over like 10 steps away i'm getting real emotional right now you got anyone to call john nope yeah all right yeah just give me a minute Lawrence is gonna step a few feet away from the car all right and she's gonna look at the phone for two three minutes while she thinks about who she's gonna call and then she's gonna dial up her mother so rings through the mom picks up who, who is this hey mom uh alex alex i I, I thought you were dead. Your your house blew up. They said you were inside when it happened. I thank God you're okay. Uh, sweetie, what happened? I can't really talk about it, but um, I just wanted to talk to you. Just say hi. We haven't talked in a while, honey. If you're in trouble, please tell me. I'm I'm sure we can figure something out. Do you have any friends at the CDC that could maybe I I don't know have friends at the FBI or something? I don't think anybody can help me at this point. Can you just tell Elizabeth I called, tell her, um, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for you, too. I, um... Sure, I I, I suppose, um, I, I can do that. Is someone holding you against your will, dear? Is, what's going on? You can tell me. Maybe I can help. Nobody's making me do anything. This is all me, and, um... I have the sound of confusion on the phone. Have you gotten involved in something bad, Alex? Um, not... What I'm doing is not bad, but what I'm working against is bad. So, yes and no. I have more confused silence on the other side of the phone. Well, I, I hope you're doing what you think is right. I didn't believe the rumors about there being a meth lab in your house that blew up anyway. It didn't sound like you. Yep, that's just, yeah. Um, Look, I hope we can talk when this is all over, but I gotta go. And she she just hangs up. Yeah, kind of cuts her off in that as she's trying to like say goodbye to you. All right. Yeah, hunt for the entrance to Orbita now? Or I guess, like, we've dealt with our kind of last phone calls, if you will. Time to hunt for Orbita? Uh, yeah. Yes. After destroying the phone. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, so you arrive at kind of roughly where Orbita should be by all of David's kind of maps and drawings and estimations. But as he said, there's just nothing there, as best you can tell. Like, it's just kind of, there should be a turn off the road here. And to the naked eye, you're not seeing anything. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're in the kind of mountains that surrounded the town. It sure seems like the type of place that maybe you'd put some type of, I don't know, satellite facility or some tech startup, but no sense of anything around you. I uh, pull out these handy-dandy mirror world glasses, and I throw them on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, this is so disorienting. Absolutely reminds me of this one. Stupid. Okay, so as I'm like looking around, I'm just kind of like chattering, trying to check it to see like where everything is. Yeah, there's a there was this 
magic shop called the Magnificent Owens, like just right next to my house. He had these. Oh, oh shit! Hold up. I don't know if I see something, but do I see what I'm trying to find? With oh yeah, at twenty feet, kind of from where you're pulled off to the side, looking for this place, you see what all measures used to be a security gate. The actual door in front of it's kind of been long since bashed it and kind of lies open at this point. And kind of across an archway at the top of it, you see Orbita Technologies in faded kind of dilapidated letters. Cool. Yeah, the Magnificent Owens. He was this old dude that was a super eccentric. Oh, God. It's kind of funny looking at this now because, like, it's right in front of us, but I don't think you two can see it, but I see it. Here, hold up. And I take off the glasses and I just kind of hold it out for anyone to kind of see through. All right. So once you take off the glasses, you can still see the entrance. Huh. Okay. Sparks will put on the glasses. Yeah. Pop your eyeball, Cherry. This is actually kind of useful. You know, that is not the kind of language I thought that would be used for this last operation, but good to see you're back to your roots. Oh, you know, smoking that herb in the morning really does help just kind of loosen up these old bones. Trying to make this a little light. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die laughing, I guess. Respect, I guess. Yeah, so same deal. You see the long kind of deserted gateway to Orbiter Technologies. Take the glasses off. You can still see it. Pass them to John. I will go ahead and uh, throw them on and look and see. Yeah, same deal. This is really going to suck, but one of us should keep wearing these. I hand the glasses back to Firestart and say, well, you're the one most familiar with these, so uh, here you go. Thank you. I want to look at the glasses. I know Tranche procured them, so I'm trying to see if there was any kind of Tranche involvement with these things. Any Tranche ah. modifications? As you guessed, they're just kind of wacky, fun time, mirroring glasses type of thing. They just distort how you view the world. Huh. Well, I'm going to keep them in my breast pocket, just in case if this starts wearing off or anything else like that, but everyone can see the security gear, right? I'm not, like, hallucinating or anything else. Yeah, it's there. All right. Just needed a confirmation. So do you drive into Orbiter Technologies? Uh, yep. Yep, yep. All right. The road to the Orbiter campus is pretty straightforward. It's uh, at this point a somewhat neglected asphalt long driveway. After about five minutes of driving, you arrive at what can only be assumed is the Orbiter compound. It is two massive buildings. One appears to be a seven-story office building of some kind. The other appears to be what you'd guess might be like a medium-sized airplane hangar of some kind, but mostly the courtyard between these two is just massive. The buildings aren't necessarily in bad condition, but they are neglected. Like, there is, with the science of knowing having been here in quite a while, abound. Nature's starting to kind of retake some of the flatter areas, it's kind of growing up the sides of the buildings some, but yeah, you find yourself on the Orbita campus, and it looks like something straight out of the 90s. I'm going to put the glasses back on and I want to check to see if there's any kind of black cables or any kind of like cameras or anything else like that. It's just this abandoned kind of utilitarian, but like well-built utilitarian, kind of that brutalist cement approach to building 90s architecture-ish inspired campus. Large hangar-like building, large office-like building, and a lot of open space between the two. You will say it's kind of strange that once you kind of get off the driveway, it's almost like this entire thing is built on maybe not a stage, but kind of a platform. Like there's a very defined area of the campus. You can kind of see because it's not just kind of paved and whatnot, but like it's got a bit of a drop off around some of the edges. That's kind of a cement basement thing going on. You can see partially kind of the edges of the first foot or so of. Looking around with the greenery, is this campus like, is there like just dead grass everywhere? Is it yeah. like? It's slowly being reclaimed by nature. A little too slowly, you might add, but also it's at the fringes. Like the closer it gets to the buildings and kind of the center of the space, the less reclaiming is happening and more just sun fading is going on. There's a point where kind of nature just seems to stop trying to retake the space. Take off my glasses and I kind of shift between the two of them just to make sure there's no kind of differences with the whole like dead zone. Yeah, nothing. So judging by how all of these plants are looking we can kind of infer i'm gonna imagine everyone else can see this the fact that there is like a dead zone right in the center of this area yep what do you guys want to do should we go check out the hangar first which is the smaller of the two is the hangar smaller or is the other building 
there were two buildings, right? The hangar is technically bigger, but it's kind of just one big vacuous space. Like it's a hangar. Like it's designed to mm. fit maybe not like the biggest of airplanes, but like a medium-sized commercial airplane might hypothetically fit there. Again, remember, Orbita used to make satellites. They did real physical big stuff. It needs kind of space for some of that work to happen. If you were to kind of guess, you have the company building, the kind of more traditional mini skyscraper, the seven-story kind of building with glass windows and kind of a welcoming vibe to it, if you will, of, hey, people do business here. And then you have the hangar, which is just kind of a large hangar that someone might do space anotic, aeronautic builds in or tests of some kind. Like for a company like this, especially when it was operating, you would need space to do this in-house. This wasn't quite the same era of outsourcing some of the stuff to a bunch of subcontractors just yet. So I've got six charges, homemade napalm, bunch of itty-bitty baby Molotovs and, and the like. We need to bring this place down. I can't really do very much unless I have actual structural support areas because I don't want to just blow off the front door and just have it be all nice and fancy and sparkly. But otherwise... You said you wanted to check out the hangar first floor, and sir. Yeah, before we check out the hangar, let's park really fast. I know that this probably won't add too much protection, but we should duct tape up, you know, areas where our skin's exposed, joints and whatnot. Make it a little bit harder. Wait, like, uh, like against radiation, or like, what do you, what do you say? Against the cables. Against the cables. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. I don't know that it'll be really effective, but any extra resistance at this point, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, I can tape you guys up. I mean, I used to work for the CDC, so I'm used to, like, looking people over and making sure they don't have any breaches in their PPE. Well, tape away. Yeah, so I guess we pull over and Florence will, like, make sure everybody's taped up, like, joints are covered and whatnot. Sure. And then have them, John and Firestarter, do the same for her. Yeah, so you're all taped in to the hangar? Yeah. Do you approach on foot or do you drive the car over? We should probably drive, right? Yeah, I mean, we pull up close to the front. Yeah, this campus is big. Like, it's four or five football fields big. There's a lot of space here for some reason. So I would say let's drive up, but let's make sure that the car is within, like, a dash distance. I know Florence got a, I'm not trying to say bum leg, but, you know, you got your limp. I have a bum leg. It's okay. Okay, yeah. Florida's got a bum leg, so we can't really do too much sprinting. If they're making satellites and there's this giant-ass area, this floor isn't going to, like, open up and there's going to be, like, some weird, crazy underground secret hangar like the X-Men, right? I would imagine that most of this complex is underground, considering that we have that little concrete lift. That's kind of what it suggests to me. I mean, mixed in with, like, the underground... Like, I don't know. I was thinking about that tunnel and the cables and stuff. Like, it's got to connect. It's got to come from somewhere. So. Not necessarily. At least not physically. True, true, true. The world doesn't connect as we think that it does. Everything's connected and disconnected at the same time. I don't know if I'm philosophical enough to really think about the statement that you just said. It's not philosophical at all. It's just the truth. Okay. Yeah, uh, Foxtrot, you have tactical knowledge. I would trust your judgment as to where to park the car for easy access. Let's just drive up close to it. Ideally, you know, we want to make sure it's if we're going to use previous scenarios to dictate our tactics moving forward, building collapse was relatively closely isolated. But that being said, this is an entire campus. So I would say let's park close to the front, but not exactly like right next to the entrance. So it's far enough from the building that if that building comes down on itself, it doesn't get sucked in right away. And it's close enough that if the entire campus starts to fall apart, we can jump into it pretty quick and drive off. That's the play. If we need to run, if I have one of you helping me, we can probably move faster. Just we should designate who's going to do that. We're going to do that. I'll help you out. Cool. Cool. I was going to say fireman's carry, but I don't know. It's going to be really all that dignifying. If you want to carry me, that's fine. Whatever's easier. I heard starter can carry and you can do the shooting. Sure. (laughs) I I guess. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's literally do or die at this point. Actually, no, that sounds good, because if we have to run and gun, I would rather Foxtrot have free hands. Yeah. All right. As I pull the vehicle close to the uh, hangar, I definitely want to do a search and alertness 
to you see. You don't if... even need to do either of those because you immediately notice as you get closer to this building that the door, from a distance, you couldn't quite tell because it was a distance door. The main hangar door is about 10 feet open. It's not fully sealed. But more importantly, in kind of a faded out courtesy of the sun, giant logo on the door of the hangar is that strange squid-like logo you saw back when you first encountered the cables. It's peeling, it's faded, but you're probably in the right place. I want to check for cameras, if there's any, like any external cameras outside of this hangar. All right, give me a search. 64 out of 66 success. Yeah, so there's a bunch of old cameras. Like, this used to be a fully functioning kind of R&D tech company campus of some kind. They're there. The chances of any of them working still are pretty low. Hmm. Did Punch give us a silencer or silencers for our weapons by any chance? No. No? Fuck. Uh, so I look up for and the team would say, we can either keep going with those cameras exposed up there, or I can take pop shots before we go into the hangar. He knows we're here. Let's start taking cameras out. Let's make sure we open this hangar door up the rest of the way before we actually go in. It sounds like a plan. I'm going to go ahead and grab... Uh, did I get, well, you said she, uh, Tranche didn't give us any new weapons, so we still have like the SMGs and stuff like that, right? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead, and how many cameras are we looking at? A bunch. Like, it's kind of all the typical kind of security angle points you need to cover type of thing. I will say, this door is huge. The opening to this thing is big enough you could get a medium-sized plane and out of it. So, like, moving this thing is going to take some time. It's a very big door. Like, it being 20 feet open from a distance makes it look like it's still more or less closed. Okay. Big, big door. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to start taking pot shots at the uh, cameras and taking those out. All right. I actually have a hunting rifle, which is probably better for that. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll borrow that and start using, uh, start taking shots. Do I need to roll firearms for that? Yeah, it's, again, you're not in a high-stress situation yet. Maybe a tense one, but shooting cameras when no one's shooting at you and there's no one observing you, you got time to miss even if you do a couple times. But yeah. Right. Some time shooting those out. Yep. Yeah. Doable. Well, this is happening. Do I clearly see like what could look like a door panel or anything? Not door panel, like a operations panel in terms of opening the door or any kind of electronics panel. I mean, logic would dictate that there's probably some type of controls inside, but there's kind of a small mini door built into the door that'd be the typical normal human access point. Seeing inside the hangar is kind of hard though to you're out in the bright sun. You can see kind of where the light shines in, but the rest of the hangar is quite dark. Gotcha. I'm going to put them on my glasses. I figured like once we use the glasses, we don't have to use them again, but I'm just taking this or erring on the side of caution. Sure. I'm going to put on my glasses and I'm going to try to look like inside the hangar or just kind of check out our surroundings. No difference. No difference. Cool. If anything else, I want to keep alert to any kind of changes or any kind of movements or whatever have you as Foxtrot is kind of gunning down the cameras. Sure. You start trying to approach the hangar or anything? I think I'm going to stick with the team sure. and be a team player right now instead of kind of wandering off and doing my own little curiosity thing. No, sure. Makes sense, just checking. Early, right? Yeah, it's relatively early. Yeah, so Foxtrot goes to the effort of shooting out the cameras, takes a little bit of time, but you feel confident that you've gotten all the relevant ones. You approach the hangar? I look over at the team to see if like to get the nod that we can start approaching yeah just a titular question while we're here is florence's like elder sign hand feel tingly at all or is it just normal maybe a little bit but i'd also say that what's the right phrase yeah it, it feels a little bit i guess i just wanted to make sure her hand wasn't like burning no yeah no it's not like smoking or anything like maybe you haven't really touched anything yet like the air here is still normal air as best you can tell it's not like some weird eldritch miasma of some kind. Let's get going. I'm pulling out a flashlight, and I will be, even though it's daylight. You approach the hangar? Yeah. Uh, well, sure. before I approach the hangar, I get all my kit, so I'm, like, fully kitted out with my yeah. Yeah. gear, scenery stuff, if I have any, if there was any in there, grenade, yep. a whole nine yards, so. All right, I'll go ahead and start approaching. I'll take the front, as per usual. You want the flashlight, or you got one? I got one. Cool. Yeah, so, as you approach the building, about five feet away from kind of where the shadow inside the door ends and light from the outside starts spilling in. In that light, you see an off-white kind of 
husk looking thing just kind of lying on the ground almost like it crashed or like lay down there and didn't get back up it's i don't know about foot foot and a half long it's got kind of what looked like maybe like six or eight small little things sticking off of it there's kind of some torn fabric like material on its back it kind of tapers down though into kind of a very aerodynamic shape the front of it's got a bit of a point to it though too it kind of blends into the ground some though too like it's very kind of bleached out and just kind of rock or dirt or kind of something along those lines looking is it the same color as the sand or the fine grit material that we saw as the ids in the paper thanos out um similar i guess but also not really like this is more kind of just a dried calcified i would equate it more to kind of looking like a shedded snake skin maybe or something i see kind of that color when this i guess becomes more apparent and visual uh i would like to roll an alertness to see if there's anything out of the ordinary other than obviously what's in front of us what's your alertness at 76 yeah there's nothing okay all right continue approaching uh closer to the hangar entrance all right so do you approach the thing oh i look at the team and i signal to them if we should basically walk towards that husk and florence like just wedge something between the uh because the door is on wheels right yeah it's really open too like it's uh, yeah. unless we're going through the small door but yeah the, the door is quite open Can i just grab something from the, the car and just wedge it between one of the wheels so it can't move sure it's easy enough to do. You're also getting within kind of five feet of the thing if you do that. And as you approach it, you realize this is a quite dry, very dead version of that insect you dissected in Chicago. Oh, shit. Really good thing we taped up, huh? Yeah. And we brought fire stuff. I'm guessing that if we were to um, shine a light up to the ceiling in this hangar, uh, we would see a number of these things. Wait, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Oh, uh, uh, just watch your neck. But we saw these things in an earlier off. That's that's all we really need to get into it. But we need to confirm what's here before we light it up. Yeah. Okay. So, taking Florence's word, I'm going to go ahead and shine a light up. All right. So now that you're shining a flashlight kind of into the hangar, what's inside is a mix of horrifying but simultaneously maybe a good thing, like almost as a bit of relief to it. So as your kind of flashlight pans up across the floor, looking inside of it, you see hundreds, maybe thousands of these insects all lying dead on the ground, pale, bleached, unmoving, tattered, kind of, and some of them are kind of squashed as they fell from a great height. But beyond them, the inside of this hangar is overcome with this organic almost rock-like structure of some kind those of you that were in chicago recognize it as maybe a more hardened version of what you encountered in the hive area you went to like you even see a couple what look like that thing you fought in that basement area that have just kind of fallen over dead or kind of merged with the rest of the surroundings everyone give me a sand check for this by the way hey 90 fail 30 out, oh wow 30 out of 29 fail 73 out of 28 failure all right so everyone give me 1d for sanity in the case of firestarter you're seeing just this massive alien structure in the case of foxtrot and florence you're seeing what could have happened in chicago okay well that looks rough i'm gonna project all right well john our bond is broken oh that's all right it's okay, I'm sure by the end of this we'll be bonded again or we'll all be dead. <laughs> what did everyone else get? Uh, I rolled a one. I too rolled a one, and I'm just going to go ahead and eat that sanity point, sanity yeah. loss. I'll eat it too. What you're staring at is truly alien, and with all of you having dealt with an experience, like, this by itself would be a worst-case scenario as far as any of you are concerned. Like, it is the volume of this strange not earthly organic material is just staggering like the majority of the inside of this large hangar a hangar designed to house exceedingly large objects is just full and overgrown and just covered in this horrifying a hive-like structure there's no sounds coming from the inside of it though like all of it has that kind of strange bleached dried out quality to it though too 
throw something in, see if something reacts. I mean, if we're going to throw something in there, let's throw some fire in there. Fuck this. I mean, there might be information, but if you guys don't want to go in, I understand. I mean, we had bad enough trouble fighting one of these things. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, let's let's take this thing down. All right, so I look over at Firestar and say, give us your best Molotov cocktail, sir. Ah, that will be... Here, just be careful with this. This is homemade napalm. It's not really napalm. It's just gasoline soaked inside a styrofoam and everything else like that. Uh, careful not to get it on your hands. It's a little bit of an irritant. But yep, yeah, everyone's got a history of baseball. But I got to throw an arm, but, you know. You wouldn't have to throw it far, really, either. Like, it comes up right to the door. Like, it's it's almost like it's trying to avoid the light that was coming through the door. Some is the way it grew. I think it's quite easy. Cool. Yeah, just a quick question before we light it up. Is there anything else we can see in there, or is it all just... Nah, cool? it's almost all just overgrown with this stuff. This stuff's going to go up quick, so let's I'm gonna take a couple steps back. Yeah. Awesome. So if anyone's curious as to what weird little things that I happen to have in here, uh, I've kind of organized it by Snapple flavor. If you are picking up any of the peach tea ones, that's going to be the gasoline, styrofoam, any of that. A Snapple apple is going to be more so like just your basic Molotovs and whatnot. Peach tea is going to be the leftover shit that I just kind of poured into the bottle and just kind of put a piece of cloth on it. So yeah, that's uh, my quick description of, you know what, never mind, uh, I can go over this later. The Diet Peach Tea is the one that's just kind of a mystery flavor, you know? I light up a peach tea one, which is the gasoline, I just kind of huck it into the hanger All right. as, I guess, glass breaks and shatters and fire just starts spreading. Oh yeah, no, and as predicted, this goes up super quick. Like, everything in there, as best you can tell, that's this strange organic material. If it was flammable beforehand, it's even more flammable to dried out state. Like the fire just erupts through the building. Like to the point where like you can feel that backdraft as it sucks you towards the fire. The oxygen's burning so quickly type of thing. Like it's just it takes maybe a minute for this cavernous building to just become a giant roaring bonfire as its contents just ignite and burn and horrid kind of black foul-smelling smoke just emanates out of any hole left in the building. It's an oven at this point, just of fire, horrible smells, and thick, almost like tire or like chemical fire smoke just pouring out of this thing. Isn't that fucking beautiful? Jesus Christ, you guys could have warned somebody the fact that I was going to near blow this thing up, like, or just turn this entire hangar into a bomb. What the fuck? Wouldn't explode. Isn't that fucking beautiful? It'll catch fire. I mean, yes, what it's a fire. <laughs> it is absolutely gorgeous, and this is an absolute dream come true. But good lord, have you guys not seen the movie back? Florence just looks ecstatic watching this burn. <laughs> just kind of like staring as well, like, oh, well, that's one building down. Wait, hold up. Y'all, y'all have familiarity with this. Yes. Yep. Did I just like burn some sort of weird alien thing? Like, why is you burned what looks like the corpses of whatever alien thing we fought a long time ago. Much better to have it in this state and burning than when it was alive. See, this when I say a classic good old Delta Green operation, this is what I'm talking about. None of this weird investigatory shit, just burning shit down. Well, I mean, this operation also, I think at one point, helped led us to kill this lady at a house, so I don't know if that's exactly your cup of tea. Let's not talk about Vicky. Let's just relish in this moment. Who's Vicky? Oh, oh wait, not, never mind. I, about it. I read it in your file. That shit was fucked up. Don't remind me. God, fuck you, Cairo Imports. Yep, fuck them indeed. Well, you guys ready for uh, the next uh, next building over here? Yep. A building like this, can I run through my demolitions knowledge and kind of looking at the compound, can I understand how this building is structured in terms of like supporting itself? The kind of office building? Yes. I have six C4 charges that I need to strategically place. I'm not going to haphazardly throw these around. Not enough to blow up this building. Like, this is a large cement reinforced, like, and mm. they don't build stuff like this anymore. This is maybe not meant to withstand, like, getting hit by something, but taking out this building will be hard. Okay. That's why I want to target, like, support structures. Right. What I'm saying is, like, where most buildings are kind of a support structure plus facade and stuff like this, 
Oh. The facade is more than capable of supporting a big chunk of itself. This building's designed where it's like got like one foot thick cement walls and then a support structure. It's a very well built building. One might say too well built, but also it's a tech company that specialized in satellites and other rocketry stuff. They may have been predicting something bad happening. Again, it's kind of strange they have this much space. Like it's not quite a bunker, but it definitely kind of has bunker aesthetic going on to a certain extent. At the very least, you know, we have explosives you can set up that we could trigger on our way out if something's chasing us. You know, we can just set it up as like a mini trap, I guess. Yes and no. I have bricks of plastic attached to an egg timer. When we said like full analog, I'm talking about and, and, and being super careful about that. I'm talking about we have I don't know how 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 high do these egg timers go? It's a lifetime. It goes to an hour. It's best you it goes to an hour. Well, Sick. Um, what we could do then is uh, we know that we're going to find a server farm, and um, I think plastic explosives will do a number on a server. Actually, I know that they'll do a number on a server. Okay, but we'll have an hour until the shoe drops on that. Well, um, I mean, from like how you've explained it, pretty sure that even if it goes off while we're still in the building, as long as we're not on the same floor or like the floor up, we're probably going to be okay. All right. So I can work. You know what? I'll work from the top down. We will all start slapping on charges as we kind of go along. I'm starting to think that since we only have an hour, maybe we should slap charges on after we've figured out where the farm is, you know? Oh, that's what I mean. Like on our way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather set something to like 10 minutes than say an hour and then be stuck upstairs when all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden your little presence go boom. I'm responsible. Let's do this. So what do you guys want to do? How are we going to tackle this? Are we going to go top to bottom? We go into the seventh floor immediately, working our way down, or are we just going straight to the basement? We're starting from the bottom and working our way up. All right. So we're stepping into the main building, if you will? Yep. Same as before. Take front. We'll be in the middle. Oh, actually, before we walk in, are there cameras I can see? A few, but I assume you kind of shot the majority of the ones you saw out while you were doing all that. Okay, earlier. perfect. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Wanted to double check. While we move, we should, like, stay in formation and always have, like, a hand on... Because we're all in tack gear, right? Yep. Yep. You know, like, we'll have one person, the person behind will have, like, their hand looped through your shoulder strap or something, so we all know we're in contact while we're moving. Make sure nobody gets lost. That we can do. All right, so as you push open the suspiciously unlocked front door of this building, you step into... Just a giant kind of open air, open concept interior. The At a quick glance, the bottom floor of this space kind of, it almost has a museum-like quality to it. Ahead of you appears to be kind of some curated path through. It's got some panels up, almost exhibits of some kind. And the center of this building is hollow. Big, intricate, kind of bizarre, abstract sculpture extends the middle of this building up. It almost resembles a hand reaching towards the stars or the ceiling or the sky. Might be your interpretation of it, but kind of around it, you see bullpens, cubicles on various kind of levels. And the top level, looking down, you see what at once were probably executive offices. All of this interior has been kind of punked over some, though, by the FNC at one point. There's various spray paint all over the place. They haven't hit the bottom floor that much, but you do kind of see that reclaimed counterculture present on the walls, the furniture, like it's all been overturned. It's been kind of rejiggered into ways that don't necessarily make sense from a corporate environment, but it's still all there. And in a couple instances, you see what looks like a desk that someone just left one day. It's almost like the people in this building just vanished mid-shift or mid-workday or something, and then FNC showed up, and some stuff they disrupted and some stuff they didn't, but yeah. Any blood on the ground? No. The air also in here is kind of, it's it's still, it's almost stale. You almost feel like the air you brought in from you is echoing around the space. You want to just double check with your glasses before we push? And Florence, my glasses. I'll do a quick look around with them. Yeah. Nah, just a oddly deserted building. We're good. Let's look for the um, stairs. Is there a building map around here? Like, this, a building this large needs to yeah, have right a... right when you come in, there's a building map. Sweet. It was either that or trying to find, like, fire escape plans. What does the building map exactly say? Like, is there designations as to, like, what floor could have been what? Yeah, so the second floor is counting, third floor is sales, fifth floor is private offices, 
sixth floor is kind of more executive offices. The seventh floor is the big offices, if you will. There's also kind of various meetings throughout. It makes a point of the thing in front of you is a self-guided tour of orbit of the company. It mentions that kind of the bottom floor is a reception and kind of general workspace to encourage creativity where it once was. There's also a bunch of kind of notes sharpied onto this plan that you guess FNC added. They've drawn like a basement access. As you're looking at this, though, everyone give me an alertness. Ready? 72 out of 66 fail. 84 out of 76 fail. 36% out of 56 success. All right. Firestarter, give me a sand check. God fucking damn it. The alertness checks you want to fail. Oh, I fumbled that. Oh, Here we go. fuck. I fumbled that 88% out of 27%. All fumbled. right. So, Foxtrot, Lawrence, you don't hear this, but Firestarter, you are just kind of weirdly overcome all of a sudden with the echoes of work being done. You hear business calls being taken, keyboards clacking, like all of the sounds of what would be a typical workday, hypothetically. You hear coffee kind of brewing, your idle chatter. It's deafening, though. Give me a 1d4. You're going to double this because it was a fumble. Two baby. All right, it's only two points of sand damage. But now give me a pow check. Jesus Christ, Charlie. Be kind to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're past kindness. 75% out of 50% failure. All right, so maybe something calls out to you. Maybe you just start feeling the need to walk into the exhibit area, this kind of weird museum that many years ago, many decades ago at this point, Orbita assembled, and you find yourself kind of slowly sleepwalking, stumbling, casually just kind of drifting through this history of Orbita. It covers the kind of people you need to know about the place, their mission. It's, it's very corporate speak, and it kind of it funnels you down to what looks like, so it's about the size of a softball. It's this strange metallic sphere covered in dents this weird crack along the outside of it 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 serves as oddly oily in appearance it's strange the closer and closer you get to it the less kind of any punk stuff that happened in this space is gone by the time you get there. there's no spray paint whatsoever you did notice as you got kind of more into the space that there were several of the fnc styled kind of squid spray paint icons you've seen a couple times the, the YS, if you will, their mascot. And this orb just kind of speaks to you some as you just kind of are compelled to slowly place your hand upon it. Give me a strength check. I was holding my flashlight. So I'm going to imagine like as I'm just kind of groaning over to this thing, I just drop my flashlight. And then I'm going to, as I reach out to touch the orb, strength check it is. And I will say, like, this was not a short walk. Like, this happened across the span of, like, easily 100 feet. Florence and Foxtrot had to watch you kind of zombie your way over. Like, they tried to interact with you. You just didn't seem to respond to any of this at all. Like, stopping you, sort of knocking you over didn't seem to really work. And even if they did, you, like, got back up and started going towards the orb again. Yeah, I guess in the background, John and Florence are, like, trying to communicate to get you away from it and whatnot. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too bad all that's playing in Firestarter's head is uh, a new hand touches the beacon. 12% of 70% success on the strength check. All right, so the feral part of your brain that knows you should not touch this manages to kind of tense up your arm and you're fighting it. Whatever this thing is, it's no longer a mental pull. This is a physical pull. It's, it doesn't care about bringing you there anymore. It's going to pull you to this thing. But you kind of manage to stop it and suddenly this kind of weird spell is broken. But also, kind of now that you're standing here, you can see just beyond this kind of strange exhibit where basement access was marked on the map, just cables. But they're wrong. You've seen the cables before. They emerge from kind of locations that make sense. Like, they come out of walls. They come out of the ground. They come out of ceilings. They come out of sockets. Like, they abide by some version of logical rules. In this case, you're seeing like a cable come out of the call button for the elevator, out of a coffee cup, and then dumping down and then falling into another coffee cup to vanish. Like somehow, this kind of weird museum was blocking the immediate look of these cables, but it's just these cables are wrong. Even by these strange cable standards, this isn't how this has worked so far. Give me another sand check. 
Be kind. <laughs> Please. 70% and a 25% failure. All right, it's just one point of sand damage. You've seen cables before, but this is the wrongest the cables have been. And now that you're kind of staring at this, it does almost seem to be a like the cables have ripped open whatever doorway of any kind was in the wall here to make just kind of this almost a funhouse maze entrance of cables that leads down as best you can tell. Jumping back to Lawrence and Foxtrot as you're watching all of this, as you watch kind of Firestarter zombie walk his way through there and then fight air, give me a sand check. 88 fumble. 91 f- failure. That seems to be the, uh, the sanity fumble number is 88. Yeah. yeah. All right. So both of you also take one point of sand damage. This is also going to click you into helplessness if you failed this or because you failed this. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I'll take it. This would put me at my third helplessness check. Are you oh. adapted to helplessness <laughs> now? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Wait. yes. Wait, I thought mm-hmm. that was cleared. This is he terrible. It's broken since we started clicking those. Oh. <laughs> Buddy boy, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, we... It's not great. It's not I'm good. I'm sorry. It is not good even remotely. Being adapted to helplessness isn't good? It is maybe the worst one in the game to get adapted to after character creation yeah cool it could be very minimal it could be extremely detrimental yeah okay what are we doing we're getting there (laughs) of all the people it's the cia operative that's adapted to helplessness (laughs) well i mean i was already fully adapted to violence so yeah all right so wait no one else can see the orb no, you they can all see the orb. Okay, okay. You can see what you fought to fight against it. All right, so adapting to helplessness. Being adapted to helplessness means your agent's personal drives suffer. As soon as your agent becomes adapted to helplessness, he or she permanently loses 1d6 power. That's a lot. Yes. It is actually the worst thing to become adapted to after character creation. And it comes up so little that it's not even very useful. So, and we're not saying he loses 1d6 from his willpower points temporarily. We're saying, Alex, roll 1d6. It's going to be a six. I know it. It's going to be a six. <sighs> oh, okay. It's a five. Still high. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So, Alex, you're now going to subtract that from your POW stat. Okay. What is your base stat for this one, Agent Foxtrot? 11. All right, so you're going to drop that 11 down by 5 to a 6. All right, okay. And that puts me at 6 POW with 30 total. What was it previously? It was 55. That's a big difference. Yeah. Makes sense we got to this here, but... Do I have to drop my willpower from where it was to the current to... Yes. Okay. So now I have to drop it to everything. Yeah, it's got to match. Okay. It is one of the worst things to become adapted to after game start, even before game start. Okay, got it. Cool. Makes a certain amount of sense. Like, Foxtrot, you have seen some weird stuff, but like, maybe this was too much. Like, this is the inevitability, the futility, the something-ility of all the events leading to here type of thing. Like, you know to expect the kind of weird cable tentacles, but like, this is where they're from. You are a hundred percent sure that this is where all of this is from. And yeah, it put this in perspective. It got all the way from here to California and no one knew about that. It got all the way from here to Philadelphia and no one knew about that either. And you're going to have to go down that hallway. You're pretty sure that's just a little bit too much to handle. Box right. You should take out that thing. The thing that he was trying to touch. Am I phased or am I, like, responsive since I did get my third? Once the moment passes, the moment passes, but, like, what's the point of it all to a certain extent? Maybe enters your mind a tad. Uh, well, I'm gonna, like, for a moment I space, but then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll focus up. I'll look at the orb. I can see the orb, right? I just can't see all the other tentacle stuff around there. it. No, no, you can see the tentacle stuff around it. It's, again, like, it's this bizarre image now that you're closer. You see Agent Firestarter kind of managing to snap his hand back from touching this thing. You see this strange but not all that unnatural looking metallic orb thing but behind it is this just portal from of cable type of thing like it's the strangest cables you've seen to date okay i'll go ahead and uh shoot at the orb thing all right 
You shoot at the orb? Yep. How many bullets did you shoot at the orb? I'll do a quick three-shot burst. All right. Yeah, so bullets hit the orb, and they just kind of absorb into it. Everyone give me a sand check. <laughs> 44 critical. 10% success. Oh, my God. 93 to 27 failure. It's just one point of sand damage, and give me an alertness as you're kind of stunned as the bullets just kind of seem to enter the orb. Okay. 46 out of 76 success. You're not sure why, but you're pretty sure the orb got bigger by the mass of the bullets you just shot into it. Like, it statistically increased in size compared to the three bullets you put into it. It's a very small change, admittedly, but... Were those Elder Shots that you shot, you fired? No, these were, uh, these were from the SMG. Elder Shot, maybe? Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and grab the, uh, the handgun, which has the Elder Shot, All right. and take one shot at it. All right. Like, in between Foxtrot firing, I'm kind of losing my shit, just kind of stomping and cursing, like, freaking out. Next to you, yeah. Yeah, this is all happening next to me. I'm still trying to process the fact that I almost got eaten by that thing. So I'm just pissed, and I'm angry, and then I'm just like, you're going to shoot at it again? And I try to, like, look away. I'm going to sprint away a little bit and try not to look at it while Foxtrot is firing on it again. Right, but you see, so you shoot one of the elder shot rounds at the orb thing. Yep. Do I need a roll for it? I know, but give me a willpower. A willpower to sh- oh wait, what? Didn't the willpower already absorb when created the bullet and creating the round? Normally, you use yeah. willpower to use it as well. Yeah. Oh, roll me a one d four to see how much willpower you burn on this thing. Oh fuck, one. All right, so it doesn't burn for long, but so the bullet leaves your gun as it gets closer. The insignia on the bullet starts to smoke, and it's burned off as it gets closer to this bullet. And then the bullet hits it and just kind of, again, expands ever so slightly by the mass of the bullet. But you can kind of see in the air where the bullet passed through, just slowly burning up ashes of the Elder Sun that was on the bullet having burnt off. Elder Shots is not going to cut it. All right, let's um, stay in the line, grab each other, and if anyone it tries to break without saying anything, do whatever you need to to make sure they don't, okay? Okay. Gotcha. Fuck. God fucking damn it. Because I'm assuming that if that thing gets a person, it gets a lot bigger. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay, how close is the orb to the door where all the tentacles are at? Oh, it's like 50 feet away. It's not It's not near the door. Like, it's, it's okay. a space to get around this whole kind of little weird museum that they have in the middle of their lobby. But okay. It's more kind of like the tentacle door has erupted. The, the cable has erupted out of the wall. Like, it's some of these are the thickest cables you've seen. Like, it's this is terrifying cable type of thing. This is obviously the cable nest, if you will. And if it's not, that's worse. Do you guys want to clear the other floors before we go down, see if we can gather any more information? Or I guess, to save on time, Charlie, would that be, like, a rot endeavor? If you guys want to sweep all the floors, it's a pretty quick thing. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You guys want to sweep the floors? Yeah, let's sweep the floors. Yeah, let's sweep the floors, since we've yeah. got that going on there. Yeah, so, you sweep the floors don't really find anything again like it's got this whole people just left mid-workday if you will like it's almost like the building was abandoned mid-workday on the upper executive floors you do find robert north the former ceo and patrick chang the cto's offices they have a variety of things in them like it's schematics drawings some partially signed contracts uh it's weird though like Robert North has kind of on his physical calendar kind of planner thing that they have a special meeting down in the basement on the day that you saw that everyone died in those personnel files back at the green box. Does the CFO or the CEO have a Rolodex? And if so, is there anyone that's, you know, labeled like NSA contact or something? No, just normal business contracts. Cool. Is there any key card looking things that we could swipe the NSA contact through or this is like any entrance? seem as if we need that specific card. I mean, hypothetically, the basement door that the cables ruptured out of would have at one point probably required a key card, but that it's a gaping hole in the wall now defeats that purpose. Okay. Well, let's do this. Are you... You guys want to take a minute? Take a breath? Drink some water? I'm not drinking anything that's going to be in here. Honestly, I didn't bring any uh, liquids on me, just because I have a whole bunch of other chemicals that I just don't want to accidentally drink. And I feel like drinking on the job right now not the best idea. Does anyone have a water bottle? Florence will pull out a water bottle. 
Bless you. Bless your preparedness. Jesus Christ. Foxtrot, are you okay? Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Let's just get this over with. All right, cool. Lawrence, are you good? I'm me. Awesome. Well, I'm fucking chipper, so fuck. Okay. Let's go see who's been fucking spying on us. <laughs>